1: Hey, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of BGN Radio here on the leading Green Nation podcast feed brought to you by Righteous Fillon Craft Jerky. Use discount code BGN15 at RighteousFillon.com. I'm Brandon Lee Gowden, if you didn't know that already. Uh, it's going to be a busy offseason here for the Philadelphia Eagles, with free agency coming up, but we're going to look beyond that a little bit here today because let's be real. The Eagles don't have much cap space to spend, and a big part of their off-season excitement is going to come from the 2021 NFL Draft. So I wanted to bring up a, a couple of special guests who know a thing or two about the NFL Draft, and that is Nathan Cooper and John Todd from Sports Info Solutions. How's it going, guys? Thanks for joining me today. Doing great. Yeah, really appreciate you having us.
2: Yeah, thanks for having us. This is great.
1: So, these guys are joining me in part to help promote the hard work that they've done on a very quality production that you should have in your life, and that is the SIS Football Rookie Handbook 2021 Edition. It's a comprehensive scouting and analytics guide from Sports Info Solutions. You can get it for yourself by going to actasports.com if you want a hard copy. Uh, Is that correct? Yes.
0: That's the hard copy.
1: And then for the digital copy, you can just go to Amazon.com and look for it there. So definitely check it out. Worth your time. Uh, The scouting reports on players we'll be talking about today are in there. I had a chance to look at some of those and some interesting things in there. Not just everything you would expect. Uh, It's interesting stuff. So just want to get right into it here, guys. A huge question around this Eagles offseason is, What are they going to do at number six, obviously their first round pick, and specifically when it comes to quarterback? Now, my thinking on the matter has been the Eagles can't go into this draft with the approach that it's quarterback at number six, no matter what. I think that would be a mistake to force the pick, but absolutely needs to be consideration the Eagles should at least do their homework on quarterback prospects what do you guys think the eagles should do at number six do you see any merit to sticking with jalen hurts at quarterback
0: yeah i mean we wouldn't really advocate for taking a quarterback at six uh you know eagles fans are probably a little bit bitter about that going after uh you know what we did what you guys did last year with hurts but you know you have to look at it there's a lot of good talent at the top for a quarterback um if the team really falls in love with somebody Um, You you know, at that point, you have to really do uh, what's best for the team. And now you have a new regime coming in. You have Nick uh, Sirianni, new coaching staff. They're not tied to Hurts at all. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see what they want to do. You know, Hurts is a guy that we viewed as a circumstantial uh, starter, more of a a backup type of guy uh, in last year's guide. Uh, And, you know, we obviously want to stick by that. Uh, And, you know, if you go by that, you, you think that they probably need a quarterback to go in front of him. Um, but again, you know, we're not really advocating for that. You you want to give Hurts the best situation, and you know, looking at the Eagles' needs right now, you know, you need a lot of pass catching options, uh, and there's a lot of those options, especially at the top of the draft.
1: So, assuming the Eagles actually do take a quarterback here, how would you rank the top five quarterbacks for them? Because there is talk out there that they could take one, and do you see an especially good fit if they do? based on what we might expect from Nick Sirianni. Now, obviously, we don't know exactly what his system is going to look like as a first-year head coach, but having some general idea from his work in the past, especially with the Colts most recently uh, as their offensive coordinator, and also from those top five quarterbacks that you have identified this year, is there anyone worth really trading up for in getting that guy?
2: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, we're going to take Trevor Lawrence out of the conversation here, assuming he goes number one of the Jaguars. So, of our next group there, based on our rankings, we have Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, and then you get into the Kyle Trask and Davis Mills kind of drop off after that. For the Eagles specifically, we'd probably say we'd keep those rankings and maybe just split Mac Jones and and uh, and Trey Lance there. Looking at Nick Sirianni's background, the thing that we noticed most was that he's had a, a pocket quarterback for most of the last few years, pretty consistently. it had Kellen Clemens and Phillip Rivers with the Chargers, and then moving on to the Colts, Andrew Luck, Jacoby Brissett, Phillip Rivers again. They drafted uh, Jacob Eason last year. Those are all the guys that are more pocket-bound players. Again, that's not to say that he can't excel with a more mobile quarterback or somebody outside the pocket or a, a Jalen Hurts specifically. We just don't know what that would look like. So just based on his his previous history there, um we feel like Mac Jones could be a fit a Justin Fields who has the athleticism to work outside the pocket but um has the quarterback prowess to stay within the pocket as well um that could be somebody that could be intriguing for them but if you love somebody and think that he's a franchise guy you've got to do what you have to do make a trade up obviously we we don't know what he's thinking about Jalen Hurts how they graded him last year but um just based on the profiles of guys last year it's it's more the Mac Jones type of guys than maybe um, somebody who's extremely mobile, somebody outside the pocket.
1: Yeah, the Mac Jones point is interesting because there was a mock draft this week that came out from a national publication, and it had Mac Jones to the Eagles at 6, and uh, a lot of Eagles fans lost their minds when they saw that. Clearly not the pick that they're looking for. Uh, but i wrote an article for bleedinggreennation.com this week thinking about like okay i i would not rule it out based on everything we're hearing about his stock fans might not prefer that and that seems pretty clear but i think it might be within the realm of possibility even though people don't want to necessarily hear that so along those lines talking about mac jones is there a certain quarterback attribute that you weigh heavily more so than others for me and maybe this is an overcorrection on my own here, but I'm mentally stuck on accuracy mattering a lot more than I think the Eagles really weighed it when it came to Carson Wentz. Because when you look at Wentz's metrics in accuracy, really, across his career, I mean, even his best year, they were still, depending on what metric you use, they were still good, but they were never like really good. And across most of his career, towards the bottom of the league in accuracy. So, hardly the most accurate quarterback. Is there a certain attribute you weigh more heavily when scouting these quarterbacks?
0: Uh, I mean, accuracy for sure is, that's the first thing that we look for. We actually have three critical factors that we grade whenever we watch quarterbacks. Accuracy, you know, that's number one. Um, when talking prospects, it's really hard to become more accurate from, you know, the college to the NFL level uh, unless you're Josh Allen. Um, but, you know, aside from that um, decision-making mental processing is a, is another big one. And then, you know, the clutch production, you need to be uh, able to produce in clutch situations, third down, red zone, uh, and things like that. Another thing that we you know, touched on briefly is uh, the mobility the being able to work the pocket, not especially not, uh, you know, exactly being a, a runner or anything like that, but just being able to, to maneuver the pocket, avoid uh, the rush um, and then work under pressure as well. But yeah, the clutch production is, is kind of the one of the big things. And if you actually look at Carson Wentz uh, in the red zone, if you look at his 2017 through 2019, 63 touchdowns and one interception. Uh, never had a quarterback rating below 100. Um, you know, he was very productive in, in that area of the field. Uh, and then you look at 2020, 12 touchdowns to three interceptions, uh, and, and a rating of 78.6. So, um, that's one thing that, that, he really struggled with. Uh, and that's kind of a reason why, uh, you know, we have it as a critical factor as well. Uh, one of the big things is being able to produce whenever you get down near the red zone and, and be able to, to produce in touchdowns instead of just field
1: goals all the time. So we talked about quarterbacks here, and that's going to be a big topic in Philly leading up to the draft. But beyond that, a big concern, as you mentioned earlier, really is who is catching the passes from whoever the quarterback is. And one of the most controversial players in terms of conversation and possibly the Eagles taking him at number six is Florida tight end wide receiver whatever you want to call him, Kyle Pitts. And I want to ask you guys, based on your analysis of him, is he really more than just a tight end? And is it a justifiable use of resources to take Kyle Pitts at number six? Because from my standpoint, not being the expert on this, so your opinion carries much more weight here, uh, but I just find it hard when I look at other tight ends who have been taken high in the draft and really haven't been worth it. And I also look at the top tight ends in the NFL, like George Kittle, for example, who was a fifth-round pick, or maybe a Travis Kelsey, who was a day-two guy. There's other examples out there. Some of these guys you can get later on. But is Pitts more than that? Is he an even better version of Chase Claypool, who some people thought was a tight end in last year's draft? And he obviously moved to wide receiver, and that's where he's been playing uh, but my ultimate question here, is the juice worth the squeeze to take Kyle Pitts at number six overall?
2: Yeah, it's interesting. Um, there's kind of two sides to the label of Kyle Pitts. Um, for me personally, I I kind of reject the notion that, that he's just a big receiver. Some people call him a pass catcher, a weapon, whatever you want to call him like that. Um, I do reject that notion a bit because I do think he can play in line. I think he can play as a regular tight end. But yes, if you're taking a guy at number six, he's got to be more than that. And I do think he is. Uh, he's one of the highest rated guys in the book for us. I think the if you're going to take him at number six, you've got to have a forward-thinking coaching staff uh, who's going to use him as a player like that. You've got to have a guy who's um, going to use him as that big receiver, as well as being a tight end in regular situations. You've got to be able to figure out ways to get him and Goddard on the field, similar to the way they did Zach Ertz um you've got to be able to use him in the slot use him as a legitimate x receiver he did that in college which is one of the reasons why he's such an incredible mismatch is uh obviously he was just tearing up linebackers and safeties at the college level with his speed and his size and everything but he played legitimately x receiver against sec number one defensive backs and was winning against jc horn and having great battles with these top guys that are going in the draft um and he's 240 pounds bigger than all these receivers in the class so He does have that extra special X factor there. Um, Looking at the Colts' usage uh, last year for Nick Sirianni, his offense, they were middle of the pack in using 12 personnel, using one or back two tight ends, but they were top 10 in using 11 personnel and top 10 in using 13 personnel. So tight ends are obviously going to be a factor in Sirianni's offense. Um, So I don't think that that kicks the Eagles out of contention of taking Kyle Pitts. Um, especially we just talked about the, the quarterback situation. If you're not taking a quarterback, which we don't think you should, the idea would be to maybe get the first crack at this elite receiver crop here coming up of Kyle Pitts and the three, t- the three receivers that we're going to be talking about.
1: And that brings me to my next question related, I guess really including him in the conversation then, potentially, which wide receiver do you like for the Eagles at number six? I saw – in the sis football rookie handbook here you have jalen waddle alabama as your wide receiver number one in this year's draft and that's obviously not a consensus opinion so i thought that was interesting Uh, so which wide receiver do you like for the eagles most at number six
0: yeah it's really hard to go wrong with any of the, the three top receivers even including pitts as well um you know a lot of people are talking about Devontae smith the season that he had um, this year, uh, our rankings do have Waddle number one, then Jamar Chase number two, uh, and then Devontae Smith at number three. Uh, when you look at Jalen Waddle, he's, he's a fun guy to watch. Uh, even with the injury this year, you take that out, uh, quick twitch athlete, uh, rare play speed. We actually graded him as a nine, uh, play speed on a one through nine scale. So his, his speed is ridiculous. Um, he varies speeds really well mid route. Uh, he's able to accelerate and burst uh, and, and really explode and separate from defenders. Uh, and, you know, has the ability to create yards, uh, you know, as a receiver, as a runner, can kind of do a little bit of everything. Uh, has the speed to win on, you know, not only screens and the crossers, but can, you know, stretch the field uh, as well. Um, you know, Waddle's a guy that I don't think you can go wrong with. And again, like I said, I don't think you can go wrong with any of these pass catchers. Um, you know, all these guys are really going to be, uh, you know, solid at the next level. Um, We have Waddle number one, and that's kind of what he brings. If you did want to go the the Jamar Chase route, which I think a lot of people are seeing, um, you know, he's not the special route runner um, per se, but he's truly dominant with the ball in the air. Uh, you know, when the ball's in the air, he shows, uh, you know, strong hands, plucks the ball away from his frame, does a good job using his offhand um, to create that extra separation, braces for contact, um, explosive leaping ability to go up and over these defenders to get the ball as well. Uh, and then with the ball in his hands, he's, he's truly special, um, breaks through tackles uh, high, at a high clip uh, and, and finds that extra gear to really make big plays. Um, so that's what you really have in those two guys. Uh, John touched on pits a little bit. And, you know, Devontae Smith is nothing to sneeze at as well. Uh, a guy that, you know, he's fun to watch. Uh, we just don't have him as our, as our number one or number two guy. Uh, you know, this is a very deep, uh, receiver class. Uh, and that kind of, you know, is the testament to, to that and the reason that we have Smith at number three. Um, but he's, he's a good receiver as well. And, and you saw what he can do, uh, at Alabama this year.
1: So let's say the Eagles don't go quarterback they don't go wide receiver. I actually did a mock draft roundup for Bleeding Green Nation last week and there were zero defensive picks for the Eagles. So I thought that was a little interesting. But one possibility that has been mentioned if they go defense at number 6 is cornerback. Do you think there is a cornerback at number 6 because it's a big need? Well, let's be real. There there are a lot of needs on the Eagles roster. Uh, they shouldn't be drafting for need alone, but cornerback is one of the biggest needs that they have among the, the biggest needs. And it's a problem area for this team that they haven't been able to fix for a very long time. Uh, is there a cornerback at number six that can make sense for Philly?
2: Yeah. And in, uh, in our total points metric, uh, which is one of our proprietary metrics that we uh, create here at SIS, the Eagles cornerback group, we we graded each um, and ranked each position group in the NFL in the corner cornerback group of the Eagles was last in the NFL. So, yes, it is definitely a need. So, you'd certainly think so. You'd certainly think that they'd be looking for a cornerback in that spot. Patrick Sertan is our number one cornerback. Uh, he fits that, that high-end 7.0 grade, elite-level grade that, um, that you're looking to take at the top of the draft there. For us, we think it, it's all going to come down to what your new defensive coordinator, um, John Gannon, is going to be running. If he's bringing the same style of cover-two heavy zone defense that they ran in Indianapolis, which was – Super successful in, in, in what they did. Give up a lot of receptions, but not a lot of yards. Uh, bend, but don't break. Keep everything in front of you. Zone coverage. Um, if he's going to be bringing that style of defense to Philadelphia, then just strictly from a value standpoint, we don't think that maybe taking Sertain would be uh, the right fit there. Um, just because taking cover two cornerbacks are uh, are kind of easier to find. They're not as highly valued. Um, You look at what the Colts did the past few years, they haven't taken a first round cornerback. They haven't spent really big in free agency for a cornerback because of this scheme that can kind of fit in anybody. Um, That being said, Patrick Sertan excels in zone coverage. So he would be a really good fit if they decided to go that route. Um, But we just think that might be a spot of uh, maybe as we were talking about these offensive skill position players um, based on the, the defensive fit there, you might want to go a different route other than um, maybe spending at a at the cornerback position when maybe the, the scheme wouldn't necessarily dictate something like that.
1: Yeah, I totally get that. Uh, I wanted to get into some day two, day three targets that you guys really like. Now, this is pretty open-ended. I specifically brought up cornerback, wide receiver, safety, linebacker and defensive end as positions for you guys to pay special attention to. Uh, the Eagles roster has a lot of needs, but those are the spots that especially stand out that lack answers. So who are some of the guys beyond the first round on day two and day three that you like for the Eagles here?
2: Yeah, Nate, I can kind of bounce back and forth here, but just speaking off of uh, we were just talking about taking maybe Patrick's hand in the first round, maybe the value of cover two corners there. Um, The first guy that I'll bring up is Paulson Adebo as a zone cornerback that you could get in the uh, second or third round or second day, third day in the draft. Um, He's a guy that people forget about because he opted out of 2020. He missed the end of 2019. Um, But he had as good on ball production as you'll find in a collegiate cornerback for only playing a season and a half in college. Twenty one starts. He had eight picks, thirty three total pass breakups. He's a two play two way player in high school. He played receiver. Um, So he has that knack for finding the ball. Um, not overly quick in man coverage or super fast downfield, but that fits this scheme really well. He might be a guy that could move to safety, but he just generally fits this cover to just a zone team. Some zone teams is going to take him pretty early, I think, on the outside to be an outside cornerback. Um, he might be more of a, a scheme specific player. Um, so I think he could be a, a, a fit that we were talking about there. Um, somebody else, again, talking about in the back end of uh, the secondary there would be Talanoa Hufanga. Uh, The Eagles seem to have a lot of coverage players in the secondary and you're always trying to build that up. But um, to have a a guy like Hufanga, who's that physical presence, that high motor, um, and somebody who excels in zone coverage and underneath zones. So maybe he's that we graded him as a a good number three safety. So he's a guy who, when you come in a nickel package, he's going to maybe play in that intermediate area. Um, Not always as like a too high deep defender, um, but he can play underneath. He'll pursue his butt off. He'll run all over the place. Um, we had him number three in the safety class in total points per game. He was first in tackle share this season, uh, first in pressures per game and interceptions per game. So he still has those ball skills. Um, misses a few too many tackles, but he just brings that that attitude that you're looking for in the back end of the secondary and somebody who's a bit more of that physical, strong safety presence than maybe the over the top coverage presence.
0: Yeah, a couple of guys that I can follow with, uh, you know, at that, at those two positions as well. Uh, at the corner position, Afitu Melifanvu um, out of Syracuse, a big bodied guy, uh, good zone and off man defender, uh, very reactive athlete, has good speed, plays with a high, uh, football intelligence. Um, plays with good awareness, uh, in a very good aggressive, uh, um, play and zone coverage as well. Uh, and also he, he supports the run. He's a guy that he's going to come up and help and run support. Uh, we actually uh, had him at 1.8, uh, run defense total points per game. Uh, and that was tied for fourth among corners in the handbook. So he's a guy that's really going to help out, uh, you know, in pass and run game. Uh, and another guy at safety, uh, Paris Ford, a guy that I like, um, a good, another strong safety, a guy that's going to be physical, uh, you know, hard-hitting guy uh, can play, you know, around the box, going to help out in the run game, but can also play in that cover two uh, on the back end. Doesn't have you know the crazy one-high range that uh, that you kind of look for, um, you know, on the cover one and cover threes. But if you're playing a cover two, uh, he's got the perfect range to be able to, to play the half field there. Uh, difference maker like I said in the run game and he's a guy that kind of was out of control a little bit as a tackler Um, you know in 2019 he had 21 missed tackles Um, but you know in 2020 uh, you know definitely improved a lot only had seven Uh, a guy that's really gonna come up lay the wood uh, and and definitely uh, make his presence felt
1: now a little peek behind the curtain here I didn't put this on the prep sheet for this podcast that I sent to you guys so I'm throwing you a little bit of a curveball here but who is your favorite player from this year's class? And not necessarily someone that is the best or a chalk pick. Uh, who is someone you watch and you just can't get him out of your mind?
0: Uh, yeah, just to kind of move on from guys that we've already mentioned, uh, Jabro Cox is a fun guy to watch. The linebacker from LSU started at, at North Dakota State, comes over to LSU for his final season. And the big thing with him is you, you watch him in coverage. Uh, for a linebacker, he plays well in zone coverage, but he's he excels in man coverage as well. Um, you know, he moves really well. He gets depth in his drops, he, he's fluid in his hip turns, um, uh, and and he can stay on most receivers. He can he can stay on slot guys, he can stay on tight ends, he can uh cover backs as well. Uh he makes plays at the catch point, not only just knocking passes away, um, but he also, you know, converts those into interceptions as uh, you know, and you know, every once in a while. Um, but, you know, also outside of the coverage, he can also rush the passer. Uh, he had four, he was at 41% uh, with a pressure rate and that was a uh, second among our uh, Will linebackers. Uh, and he's a guy that, you know, he, he can win, uh, you know, if you're going to try and run stunts and games up front uh, or if he's one-on-one against backs and pass pro uh, he's going to win most of those battles.
2: And then a couple of guys for me, just a couple favorites that might not be needs for the Eagles, but just general guys to mention, Um, Skipping past Panay Sewell, who I just had a blast watching. I think he's a fantastic player. Um, I'm a huge fan of Javante Williams, the running back from UNC. Um, We actually have him as our number two running back in the class over Travis Etienne. Um, Just a physical guy. He's one of the – only the two guys. We only rated him and Najee Harris as as true three-down ability running backs in the class. Just for Javante specifically, it's his pass protection ability. He's going to come in, and at the very least, he's going to – stand guys up in the hole. He's going to be able to pass protect and and keep the pocket clean, look for work. He can catch uh, decently out of the backfield and run routes. Um, And then as a runner, he's just an interior playmaker. He broke tackles at, I think it was 43 broken tackles per 100 touches this year, which was uh, ridiculously high, more than anybody else in the class. Um, Runs guys over for the fun of it. The first guy never brings him down. Um, if he can keep that play style up against professional grown men to the next level, he's going to be a really special talent.
1: Nathan, John, is there anything else you would like to plug besides the wonderful SIS football rookie handbook, which again, you can get by going to actasports.com or looking for it on Amazon?
0: Yeah, not too much else. Really appreciate you having us on. Uh, it's always fun to, to talk sports and talk football. Uh, especially around draft season. Um, so, you know, anytime that you want to have us on, we'll, we'll gladly do it.
2: Yeah, thanks for having us. Um, one thing I will say is uh, anybody out there listening who's in the obviously Philadelphia, Eastern Pennsylvania area, Sports Info Solutions is, uh, is in Copley, Pennsylvania, just outside Allentown. So if you're interested, look us up. We'll be uh, posting our job uh, posting for this upcoming fall. Coming up, if anybody's interested in in working on next year's handbook and helping out our charting operation, we'll be happy to consider you.
1: Awesome stuff, guys. Thanks for joining me. There will be links to the SIS Football Rookie Handbook in the accompanying post on bleedinggreennation.com along with this podcast. So if you're listening to the podcast and you want to find a link to click on, you can just check out the website and do that there for your convenience. And that'll do it for this special episode of BGN Radio. Of course, brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. Go to RighteousFelon.com and use discount BGN15 for 15% off at checkout. And that'll do it. So we'll talk to you again soon.